Welcome to Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid, BJ Armstrong. And BJ, we are fully in it. We are in NBA basketball season. We are locked in, uh, but we are still in the holiday mood. Uh, how are you doing? How are you holding up? Uh, what's going on in your world? Tate, I think <laughs> I'm uh, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm back. I'm mm. back in the NBA. I'm, you know, working off my... You know, my off season, my shortened off season, mm-hmm. and I'm back. I'm mm-hmm. not all the way sharp. I feel like a savvy veteran. I need a couple more games just to get my timing, get my rhythm back. But I'm back, though, Tate. It feels good to be back on the court. The popcorn is popping. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey. Oh, it's popcorn. not popping. There's no popcorn. You know, that's part of my imagination. But I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> well, it kind of feels like that's what Nikola Jokic said last night when he came out to the world. He said, you know, I got the rust done. You know, I'm I'm back. We need a W. Uh, the Nuggets were 0-2 to start the season. And last night against the Rockets, Jokic puts up 18 assists, BJ. I'll say that one more time. 18 assists wow. for the big man. He is... Uh, through three games, he's the first player since Rondo in 2011 to have 40-plus assists in his first three games of the season. Uh, Rondo did that for the Celtics. Uh, he is also a point guard. Nikola Jokic is a, a big guard, as you called him, a BG, and uh, he has 40-plus assists, which is uh, an NBA record. The, the most a big man has ever had in a game is Wilt Chamberlain in 1968, had 19 assists. Uh, but that is the territory that Jokic is in. You and I both love the Joker, so we had to give him his due early on pushing through here. Yes, we do. And he's just a fascinating player, you know, <laughs> yeah. and you've heard me say it. I don't I, I don't want to say it again. I don't want to wear it out. <laughs> but he is he's so charming to me. Like when I mm-hmm. watch him, I just have to watch him and just have he's a, like Chewbacca or something. He's yeah, like a, he's yeah. like, yeah, you know, that's a good call. You know, I'm a Star Wars fan. He is. He's he's he is. You know, he's just a beloved figure. When you watch him, you can't you know, you look at him. He's not moving fast. <laughs> Nothing seems to bother him. You know, he just mm-hmm. he shoots off the wrong leg and you go, that's OK. He can do it. You can't do it, but he can do that. You know, when I watch him play and everyone talks about his passing as they should. Mm-hmm. And when you think of bigs passing, you think of, you know, bigs who pass either from the high post, traditional basketball or from the low post. The thing that stands out about the Joker is he's moving. Now, he's not moving very fast, but he's moving. <laughs> and I don't think we've ever seen in this game a big who passes on the move like him mm-hmm. with such accuracy. But he's moving. I mean, I I can't think of a – I don't ever recall playing and worrying about Bill Lambeer or a big coming off a curl and then making a bounce <laughs> pass. I just – you know, like a pin down for the center – that wasn't part of the game. I mean, you run pin downs for him. You run flare picks for him. You do things with him. And I find myself just looking at him because he's not moving fast, but he's always in the right place. And more importantly, he always makes the right pass. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a spectacular passer on the move, though, which is very difficult for a guard to do. I mean, I was a guard, and that's hard to do. I can't imagine because he's got to take the bump and all the physicality of playing that position along with reading the the, the, the the players and all of the things that you need to do. He really is a very unique player. He's a fun player, and that's an incredible stat for him to have 18 assists in an NBA game. 
Yeah, I remember uh, a few years back, I guess 2015, when uh, Porzingis came into the league. You know, the the bloggers of the NBA world, they all decided to start calling these players unicorns. They called Giannis a unicorn. They called Kristaps a unicorn. And when you really look at it, Jokic is a unicorn, if you want to use that terminology, because this is a guy that gets the rebound, starts the break, and like you said, he's having screen set for him like he is the point guard. He's running pick and roll as if he is the <laughs> point guard. And uh, it, it's it's fascinating to watch, and he always makes the right pass, or like he knows where the right pass is. He... Uh, he he is something else. He is the eighth wonder of the world. He is Nikola Jokic. He, you know, he really is. We're, you and I are going to come up with a name to call, okay, in traditional basketball terms, it's called a fast break. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You can't say anything about him fast. So mm-hmm. he can't run a fast break, but he's always in the play. Mm-hmm. So it, I don't know what we want to call it. If he, if he was Spanish, I would call it a siesta because uh, it's his own version <laughs> of a break. Uh, but I... I, I don't know what he necessarily runs, but like you said, he plays at his own pace and everyone around him has to adjust to that pace. And I think that's the thing that's been fascinating. About. You know, yeah. You, you know do you have a name? Do, Tate? No, well, <laughs> here's what we're going to do, Tate. I'm going to, I'm going to look at him through my scouting eyes. Okay. And I'm going to try to find out over the next 10 years. I want to say this in my scouting report. He's lost a step. Mm. I don't think we're ever going to be able to say that with him. <laughs> Unless he's just immobile. He's just, he's just like, You know, you'll be like, he's losing a step. He doesn't have his he doesn't have his athletic ability. Well, you can't say that with him. Yeah. He's going to play his whole career at the same speed. So I think that's an advantage for him. He should perfect it by, you know, year 10 or 12 or so. But he is fun to watch. I mean, he's really, he's, he's like one of those players that you just kind of look and it doesn't make sense. You go, how's he playing against all these guys? and no one can block his shot, and he seems to get there. I don't know how he's getting there, but he seems to get there when he needs to get there. Yeah, and he's never a liability uh, on defense at all. I mean, all the things that you would point to and say this could be an issue, he he is none of those things. And, you know, I remember early on people wanted to compare him to Dirk just because he's a seven-footer and he's European and all this sort of stuff. I mean, Dirk was slow too, uh, but it was not – like you said, the, the Jokic is, is on the move when he's making these passes. And he is, <laughs> he's dribbling around. Like I don't, is it, maybe he's not experience. moving. Maybe that's the illusion. Maybe he's, he's really not moving. <laughs> It's an optical illusion. Who knows? But we love Nikola Jokic here on this program, so we enjoy seeing him doing well. And uh, obviously, the Nuggets getting a win for Coach Malone there. Uh, another guy that you enjoy, uh, that you always watch, tune in for, John ja Morant. Oh. Um, the other night goes down with an injury. Uh, we hate to see that, but the the uh, the X rays come back negative, which was good news. Uh, the Grizzlies, they're a tough nosed team, um, and I know that you love Ja. So just wanted to mention that we're we're hoping he gets better soon, and we're happy it's not as severe as it may have looked, uh, you know, originally because it did not look good at first. No, it didn't look good, and the way he plays, he's so explosive. Yeah. So you don't want to risk any, you know, off-balance things with him in his recovery. So hopefully he has a speedy recovery. He's back on the floor. You know, we 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 love must-see TV. You know, mm-hmm. we love seeing Ja. We need him. and uh, But most importantly, hopefully that he uh, – I was glad to hear that he – you know, it's nothing significant. It's a sprain mm-hmm. and that he's back on the court healthy and, and doing things that only Ja Morant can do. Yeah, and I and this may be pure speculation, but a lot of times, I don't know if Ja Morant's ever had a severe injury in his career, but a lot of times, like when you have your first injury, if you haven't had one, 
it does feel like you have a, a very like when I tore my meniscus for the first time, I thought that I tore my ACL and every ligament in my knee. Um, and then you know I come back and they're like, you tore your meniscus, and I'm like, well. And I'm I I freaked out because it was the first time I had gotten injured, and I, I I'm happy that it wasn't as serious as it looked. Um, and like you said, I hope he gets back to being 100. percent Before we get to Eric Woodyard, uh, our our NBA insider, we have one more thing to hit. BJ, our uh, our Bleach Report NBA power rankings, which uh, I like to throw these things that you minus does as well. well no, our producer. I, I, who, 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 where, no, no. Where are these rankings coming from? No, They're you coming. can't lose by 51 points. And then be in the top five. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Bleacher Report says you, you, that you, the Los you, Angeles Lakers are number one. The Los Angeles Clippers are number two, who just lost by 51 points, as you said. The Brooklyn Nets, who just lost to the Grizzlies and the Hornets, are number three. They just three. lost two in a row. They can't be in the top five. Right? They can't be in the top five. The Miami Heat at number four. And at number five, Midas is 76 Philadelphia, uh, they lost to they lost Philadelphia. Okay, we know who's making this list. Midas is making this list, you know, a 76er fan. They just lost to the Cavaliers, I believe, by like 20-plus yeah. yeah, points. got blown out, yeah. So the Cavaliers are undefeated, and they're not in the top five. Why aren't they in the, the top Pacers. five? The Pacers are not in the top five. Who, I, you know, I, I, who made this list? Mm. Who, who made this list here? Who do we, we blame? Can't. Who do we point to? Uh, yeah. But the Lakers... I think the Lakers are fine to still be at number one. Uh, you know, they got well, AD. They, well, they can't injury. be number one. They've already lost two games already. <laughs> they can't be number one. They can't be number one right now. Like, they may be I the s- best team yeah. in the league, but in the rankings, they can't be, you know, they mm-hmm. can't be number one. We can't, we can't have that. Yeah. Will it ever change this entire season? That's really the question. Will the Lakers ever not be the number one team, according to Bleach Report? We will keep an eye on that. I don't think it's possible. I think that the Clippers and the Lakers, and I think this top three probably stays the same all season. Uh, maybe the Bucks jump in there at some point. But for the most part, regardless of the wins and losses, BJ, the Lakers are the best team in basketball, according to Bleach Report forever. And the Clippers, no matter how many times they get blown out this season, they're going to be the number two team. Yeah, so. I mean, I just... We're just going off the top. Top of top of the dome, like a freestyle. <laughs> well, you have to have uh, Atlanta has to be in there. Yep. Atlanta has to be in there. I'm just going off the top. Atlanta has to be in there. Mm-hmm. The Cavaliers, they're three and zero. They have to be in there. They have to be in there. The What's Pacers Sacramento? Have to, the Pacers have to be in there. Yeah. The, ki- the Kings have to be in there. In right? There. They haven't. The lost. Pacers have to be in there. Yeah. Yeah. Orlando's got to be in there too, right? Yeah. Orlando's got to be in there. So we got Cleveland's got to be in there in there at three and zero. Orlando three and zero. They got to be in there. Indiana's got to be in there. Atlanta's got to be in there. They're all three and zero. So that's your four. Those are your top four teams and right then, now. And then maybe Phoenix or New Orleans or uh, Sacramento. What's Sacramento? Sac- Sacramento's also two and one. Yeah, I mean they've yeah. got two good wins, right? Yeah. They beat Phoenix. Then they split yeah. already with Phoenix. Yeah, and, and then they beat they, the Nuggets. And they beat the Nuggets. Yeah, they got, they have to be in there. All right, there you go. That's your top five. I love it. All right. Well, we, there you have it. We figured it out. The top five actual rankings in the NBA right now. Uh, the power rankings, we don't do that. We don't We don't have that much power. Uh, but anyways, we do have a man who is very powerful. He is on the inside, and he is joining us right now. He is Eric Woodyard of ESPN, and let's get to it now. Before we get to our NBA insider, Eric Woodyard, let's get a quick word from our sponsor, NHTSA. I know you've heard this before. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home, okay? It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled? 
Where do the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone? Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Paid for by NHTSA. And now joining us on Pushing Through, he is an NBA reporter for ESPN. And we told you last week he is going to be our personal Pushing Through insider for the NBA season. He, of course, is Eric Woodyard. Eric, in the words of B.J. Armstrong, what up, though? <laughs> man, what up, though? I ain't from Detroit, but, you know. I'm, 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 oh, come I'm, on, Wood. I'm here, we, man. Wood, we claim you. You know, Flint, <laughs> come on, Wood. I went, to, I, went to, uh, I went down to the Detroit versus everybody store, man, and I, it took me a long time to – I love the brand, but you know, you know, Flint is Flint, Detroit, Detroit, man. So it's like <laughs> I, I had to come around. I support Tommy Walker, though, man. So I went down there. They had the tote bags where you could fill them up, man. You know, I, I went down there and got me some t-shirts, man. So I'm a, I'm a support, man. You know, for sure, definitely. Love appreciate that. it. Appreciate it. Wood. What's going on, Wood? Give us a little insight. What's going on in that in that <laughs> NBA? You know, Wood. I want you to make sense of this 51 point loss that I saw the other day. Oh man. Yeah, give me give, give me the insides. Give me the inside scoop on that. You know, obviously Kawhi Leonard, you know, was coming off his situation where he got popped in the mouth, and that's my biggest thing with the Clippers is you can't lose by fifty one, man. I don't care who not out there. That's just that's ridiculous. You know, I think this Clippers team they have to play with a little more urgency and take games serious. You know, and I think it sucks that they lost that bad, but I also think you're seeing a product of so many blowouts. It's because the, the season kind of, got kind of rushed back, you know, and guys are still kind of finding that groove. And it's been so many – you look at Christmas Day and how many blowouts it was, man. I mean, you know, that obviously the Clippers shouldn't have lost that much, but I think, you know, it's, we're, we're seeing a, the, the result of a rushed season. Yeah, and Wood, when you look around the league, and, you know, BJ and I talked about this in the last episode, we watch all the games. It seems like everyone's playing a very similar style of basketball. It seems to be, you know, BJ said it was a little annoying to watch. Uh, you know, most of these teams, not all the teams, but most of the teams play the same style. And like you said, you know, everyone's still finding their footing. So what is kind of the uh, the, the word around, you know, the, the, the word on the street, if you may say, uh, you know, amongst the NBA reporters and people just talking about the game? What are they saying about what we've seen so far? I think, you know, they're all agreeing with what I'm saying, that, that, we're, that we're seeing a result of a rest season, and a lot of people had these concerns coming in. Like, obviously, we know the, the money and the TV deals were at stake, and they had to make it happen from a business standpoint. But from just a, a basketball, from a hooper standpoint, I mean, they were rushed back. I mean, we, we all know that. I mean, obviously, it's, mm. it's a pandemic, and, you know, we kind of put business over, you know, really the guys, you know, able to get back and really fully train. It's never happened in NBA history. And I think it's going to take a while for guys to really get back in shape. I mean, it really started to gel with each other. You know, we saw the rush off season, not only with just them training, but just guys getting acclimated and joining new teams. I mean, we saw the bus get blew out by 20 in, in New York. Come on now. Like it's been <laughs> a trend throughout the league. So, it's, it, you know, I think guys going to take a little, a little time and, you know, you know, you guys are going to have to get acclimated. Simple as that. 
Well, as far as acclimation, I think we all have to get acclimated to some of the teams that are at the top of the standings right now, right, Wood? Because, you know, you just mentioned it. The Knicks blew out the Bucks at MSG. Uh, we've had some very wonky scores, some very weird <laughs> scores. But we have the Indiana Pacers. Um, and this is obviously, you know, in your territory, in your beat. The Indiana, Pac Indiana Pacers are undefeated right now. Sabonis is looking like a most improved player, uh, top candidate right now. And the last time the Pacers started out this hot, I believe that they went to uh, – or they were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, right, in 2014 when they started out 3-0. Yep. So uh, do we buy into the hype of the Pacers, or is this just a really weird season so far? It's so early right now. I mean, the Pacers always are going to be solid. You know, you look at the last four or five years, they've been in the playoffs. Now, did they get to pass the first round? I mean, you know, that, that hasn't happened. But I think the, the Pacers is always a solid ran organization. And I think guys are, you know, they're clicking right now to start the season. And I talked to Miles Turner. He told me straight up, I'm one of the best defenders in the league. You know, he's trying to prove that this year. He's averaging mm. 5.7 blocks a game. I know it's only through three games. That's a sample size. But I think, you know, these guys are playing with a chip on their shoulder and they're ready to take it to that next level. They love the new coach, Nate, over there. And, uh, you know, guys are playing like it right now. But it's still so early, man. And uh, But I, I do think the Pacers are – I mean, they're, they're always going to be a solid-ran organization, always be a playoff team. It's can they take that next step, getting out the first round and really making some noise in that East. And maybe this the year, man. I mean, they got the pieces in place. The biggest thing with them is always health, though. Mm. Mm. You know, Wood, we here on Pushing Through, we like to keep it on the hardwood. <laughs> But there's a good yeah. friend of mine. There's a good friend of mine who's made a little news lately, Master P. Mm. You know, make him say, oh, <laughs> you know, that's a good friend of mine. We played a little bit together down in Charlotte. Our good friend Tate, you know, down there in uh, the <laughs> Queen City. We were there together for a little while, actually during the shortened season, the 50-game yeah. season. And He's been in the news about purchasing the brand Reebok. What can you give us and tell us a little bit about what is going on with Master P? And if he is doing that, can we get a pair of shoes, guys? I mean, <laughs> do, who do we have to call? Do we have to call Master we P? Call P. <laughs> we got to call P. What can you tell us about this? Well, you know, I think people don't jump too fast. It's still in the negotiations process. It's not like they bought it yet, but it is legit that they are actually in talks to negotiate, to buy, to acquire it. Um, it's still going to be, you know, obviously Adidas is trying to get two, because Adidas is the parent company of Reebok. They're trying to get $2.4 So obviously that's going to take a lot of money, a lot of investors. But Pete told me yesterday, he said, we're prepared financially. This, this is on words. He said, these companies have been benefit off us. This could be history for a company going black on. He's looking at possibly giving Allen Iverson you know, some royalties or ownership. Obviously, all this is still pending, though. I mean, they still have to go through, um, you know, and, 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 and I mean, he's in the negotiations. That's all I can say. And he's really looking at legacy as far as this brand, as far as if they're able to get it and what it means for African-Americans to, to to be a brand that owns and in charge of this. And, you know, he, you know, in, in New Orleans, Reebok's always been big. So you go back to the Hot Boys days and, you know, it's just it's big from a cultural aspect. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's good. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they, they've been rapping about Reeves for years. You know what I mean? So I definitely think uh, it's it's huge for him to even be in the negotiation process. But it's still going to be a long. You know, it's, they've been negotiating this for a couple of months, and you know, him and Baron Davis really want to make this happen. But it's 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 going to be a lot of work. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. 
And the last time, uh, Wood, I'm, I'm sure you uh, probably don't know this. The last time that I saw Master P in real life was at the Wasserman office with BJ, and he had his own shoes at that time that he was selling. And uh, he was telling us about, you know, basically everything had to be black owned and uh, how he was going to make it work. He also had a presidential candidate there with us that day uh, and told us it was going to be the next president of the United States. Um, Master P is is an icon to say the least, and he's a no limit soldier. And like people in Charlotte, like BJ said, I mean, he he turned out the whole Hornets crowd. I mean, he had people wearing camouflage in the hive. He uh, great. He, he, yeah, he's something else. But you mentioned Baron Davis. I mean, Baron Davis is a part of this as well. And I think that's that's a little part that's kind of going underneath the rug a little bit because Master right. P is such a, a singular star himself. Yeah, definitely. You know, I talked. I got a chance to talk to Baron Davis last night as well. And as I said, this is something there. Everything is right now, you know, not to make the conversation racist or anything and that, because I, I, I definitely don't want to do that. But I think 2020 was such a year for African-Americans yep. as far as in terms of ownership, preaching things of, of things like that. It's been so big. So I think that's why it went crazy on Twitter so much, because even to be in a conversation is a huge deal. You get what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. let alone if they actually if the, if the deal actually goes through or not. For us to have this opportunity to have a seat at the table, that's what P is looking at and what that means for his children, what it means for his family, young African-American kids coming up in New Orleans and all that. And I think that's really why it's, it's went so crazy. But, you know, once again, that's a lot of money to come up with. And, you know, kudos to them if they if, if they do, you know, have their seat at the table to make it happen. It's going to be a long shot. It's going to be hard. But, you know, for them to even have a seat at the table, that's why it's, it's going so wild. And I think that's what – 2020 has taught us, us as a community and as a race that hey it's cool to get endorsements but let's own some stuff as well mm, mm. all i see in my head right now is master p bringing reebok back to the nfl <laughs> and, and letting reebok sponsor the jerseys and it's master p making the announcement that uh that warms my heart that sounds great uh would we got to get around uh to some more basketball stuff just around the league before we let you go uh the cleveland cavaliers yeah. Uh, they are also taking uh, the NBA by storm. They are, you know, they're, they're upsetting game, upsetting teams. They're shocking the world, whatever you want to say. Um, what are you hearing about the Cavaliers? Uh, do, do we buy the hype there? Um, the, the young backcourt looks great, Garland and Sexton. And uh, obviously we got JaVale, who's a friend of the program there in Cleveland as well. Yeah, I like I like that, man. JaVale and little Flintstone. Shout out to, to, to McGee. Uh, Flintstone, well, yeah, Flintstone, like, that's your people. It's your people, Wood. Yeah, shout out to Javel McGee. Pam McGee is one of the all-time greats, man. I just yes. watched the uh, Women of Troy, man. That was a phenomenal documentary. Yeah, right. yeah, Cleveland, man, 3-0. and You know, it's the first time they've – well, over the last 20 years, man, it's the second time that they've went 3-0 and in the first since LeBron James in 2000 and 2001. Now, that's a long time, man, you know, to really, um, you know, go through that drought of not having – even just starting off that great. So, I think – for them, it gives them confidence. It gives them belief. J.B. Bickerstaff and, you know, what they're doing over there and trying to change that program around. I think they're seeing a little bit of light now, you know, and I mm. think – but that did hurt a little bit. Well, not even a little bit. It hurt a lot with that injury to Kevin Love. But it seems like this team really likes to be around each other. It seems like Andre Drummond is having fun, you know, just from hearing him speak. And, uh, you know, I've been around Drummond, obviously, him being in Detroit. And I got a chance to play against a game of horse against him last year, which is crazy. But uh, <laughs> it seems like he's having that fun and that joy for basketball again. I think that's rubbing off on the rest of the team, man. It's a fun young team to watch, and I'll keep my eye on them for sure. But I, I'm not sure, man. Like the same with Indiana, it's it's, it's a lot. It's so early in the in the year, you know. We're still kind of figuring out, you know, what the season is even going to look like, and you know, guys testing positive for COVID here and there, and the travel and everything. But right now, I'm liking what I'm seeing. I think they are having fun. I think. Uh, 
Cleveland fans, you know, they, they got some reason to celebrate. It's been rough the last few years. So mm-hmm. <laughs> any any success is great. Yep. You know, Wood, I, I, I watched him play. And JaVale McGee has made two threes in the first three games. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> you know, I, I I was watching Drummond. He's shooting threes. Yeah. Is this is is this something to watch or is this just something that happened? What's going on there? They look like they're having a lot of fun right now. Obviously, it's all fun when you're winning, but right. is this is this the the trend now where the big fella is going to call me and say, "VJ, I got to work on my three ball." You know, it's, it's it's I like it. The big fella shoots a three, and I like right. this follow through. You know, I, yeah. I, it looks good. I think that's a trend within the league, though. You know, you you look around and you see every year three point attempts are going up more and more. So I think they look around and you know, Drummond's been an All Star. JaVale McGee's been an NBA champion, and they're seeing the direction that big guys are going in, and they're challenging themselves to try to get better. You know, that's just kind of a trend within the league. I don't even think it's just them. You know, they're seeing the success of other people, and they're trying to, you know, make, you know, really, really follow that trend as well. So I don't knock them, man. If they're working on it and trying to get better, why not? Why not get some trees, threes up? Everybody else getting threes up. You might as well chuck some up, too. <laughs> Get your shots up. That's it. Uh, well, Wood, is there anything that you're working on right now, story wise? I know we got the the big Reebok story that that you got out to the world. Is there anything that you're uh, per- particularly uh, perusing or, or going after right now in the reporting world before we let you go? Yeah, man. It's, you know, the biggest thing is just following my teams right now, man. You know, I got a lot of things in the works as far as uh, you know, trying to do features and things like that. As soon as they come out, man, y'all can, you know, I'm coming to y'all and letting y'all know, man. But right now, you know, it's just kind of following my teams and, mm. um, you know, looking out throughout the league and uh, keeping keep my eyes to the streets, man. Y'all hear anything, let me know. I'm here. <laughs> well, Wood, you know, we're we going to keep our eye on the street. You know, we're going we to stay right in your backyard. We're going to keep looking at the Pistons. We're going to keep looking at the yeah, Pistons. I'm, I'm not going to mention any names, but if yeah, anybody is playing Jackson. well on the Pistons, you let me know. You know, we're not going to say any names. We're going to watch them tonight. Against yeah, the Warriors man. and uh, Wood, you know. Yeah. I see. I see. I, I see something over there. You know. I see yeah, something I, running I around over there. You know. <laughs> if you see it, let me know. <laughs> let me yeah, know. I, I see. I, I saw Josh Man, and um, I think, you know, from speaking to him and to everybody close to him, him coming home was one of my concerns in the beginning. I was wondering, like, can he focus? You know, can he stay locked in? You know, and you know, it could be a lot of distractions being at home, but it seems like he's really committed, man, and not only to just playing with the Pistons, but a part of the community. You know, he's gave back. And uh, I've always followed Josh in high school, so I wish him the best of luck. Mm, mm. Well, we do too here on Pushing Through Woodyard. We appreciate you coming on. Uh, we'll be keeping up with you, and next week we'll have you back on to break down everything that's going on in the NBA. Thanks again, man. I appreciate y'all, man. Keep up the okay. good work, and man, happy holidays to y'all. You All too. right, Wood. Happy holidays, happy new year, and uh, Wood. <laughs> As the great electrifying mojo would say, <laughs> if you are in water, what do you do, Tate? You got to make waves, Woods. <laughs> make waves, <laughs> Woods. <laughs> we out here, man. We got 2020, man. It's about to be a big year for all of us. We're claiming it. All right. Be good, my friend. Stay safe. Oh!